What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always, and I am pretty hyped after seeing the skyrocketing downloads, views, subscribing uh, that I saw overnight, uh, pretty much from that Toronto Raptors episode. Uh, we have listeners from just all over the place at up to this point. Um, we have listeners in Guatemala. We have listeners in Mexico. We have listeners in Belgium who have been around since day one. Uh, we have listeners in Russia. We have listeners in, uh, obviously, all over the U.S., um, in Canada, in some places. Um, South America, even, has popped up now in the population um, for listeners, which is just absolutely insane. It's awesome. Uh, I'm super happy um, to be making this content, uh, talking hoops, and just watching the growth no matter how slow it is or 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 what it looks like or how few of listeners uh, it, it all started with, um, this is the just the support that makes me want to keep going, really. Um, like I said before many times on this pod, it's not for money. It's not something that I've monetized, not yet at least. Um, but yeah, this is just something I love doing. It's a hobby of mine. It's just a, it's really a side thing that I love to do. Uh, day in and day out, um, and I'm going to keep on pushing forward, obviously, um, but this episode's going to be uh, really interesting. I heard some news about the Milwaukee Bucks city uh, Cream City jerseys. Now, I don't know if you guys are familiar with these jerseys. They've just been banned from the NBA uh, for just the stupidest reason ever, um, and it goes hand in hand with what I was talking about uh, during the Toronto Raptors analysis. Uh, I'll give you a quick hint. Um, obviously, I was complaining about just advertising all over NBA games and how annoying it is. That's the small hint I'll give you. You're going to have to stay tuned for that part of the episode. I'm also going to get into some I told you so's, some uh, apologies, and some hold-ons right? Just categorizing those three things. Um, like I said on the last episode of what this one was going to be about, but let's get right into it. So I'm just going to start this episode <laughs> with, uh, I'm just going to get that Jersey stuff out of the way because I don't want to keep you guys on a cliffhanger up until the end of the episode, uh, just to hear probably the part that most people are are interested in because it's pretty recent news which um this article came out uh milwaukee journal sentinel right um and it came out november 15th uh, obviously which was a couple of days ago uh so the milwaukee bucks chief marketing officer dustin godsey tweeted last thursday that no the milwaukee bucks could not bring back the cream city uniforms that gained popularity during the 2019-2020 season. Uh, his comment came after the Bucks released their newest City Edition jersey for the current season, the Blue Gathering Place jersey. That's going to debut Wednesday when the Bucks face Cleveland, which obviously was yesterday. Um, you know, so the tweet is, just because, this is the tweet from the chief uh, marketing officer, uh, just because I've seen it a bunch today, we aren't allowed to do cream-colored jerseys anymore. There are reasons, but suffice it to say, it won't appease anyone to get into it. So I'll just say we would if we could, right? Apparently, uh, fan the fans aren't enough, 
to get the Bucks to return to the cream color scheme, right? And so you think to yourself, well, why did they ban the jerseys, right? And my God, you know, if if the NBA was not a slave to advertisement, right? Like just, just to these companies that they've partnered with, um, you know, TV deals and all that good stuff. So it's basically because the jersey color interferes with the technology that they use for on-court advertisements. Remember the advertisements I was complaining about on that Toronto Raptors episode uh, where I was talking about there's just digital ads everywhere? Now, these ads aren't actually on the court. If you go to the game in person, you're not going to see the on the court ads uh, because those are all digital. You know, those are like kind of green screened onto the um, onto the court, right? They're like, um, I guess they're CGI'd on the court for the television viewer to see, right? For the person on League Pass on their laptop to see. Um, but anyways, so basically he went on to explain it's similar to a meteorologist wearing a green shirt in front of a green screen. The software blends the jersey in with the artwork on the floor and creates a pixelated effect. Uh, Godsey, which is the the chief uh, marketing officer, Godsey said the problem was first noticed in the 2020 bubble when digital ads became a bigger part of broadcast and it led to the NBA and its partners subsequently uh, banning the cream color from all uniforms. Right. So so that's like, you know, it's just a small bit of news, maybe not like breaking news or anything crazy, but it just goes to show just to what extreme advertising advertising has gotten in in the NBA. Right. I was just complaining about that the other day on the Toronto Raptors analysis episode, just seeing the ads all over the basketball hoops, seeing the ads all over the court. It's just spammed, cluttered with advertising and advertising just has the NBA on on a grip, right? Just just by the neck, right? To the point where the NBA has to ban awesome looking jerseys that the fans love. The Cream City jerseys, the Cream City jersey was awesome uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. It was a cool color. It was awesome. It was it was homage to the city itself, you know. And then, but they don't care, right? They ban it because the ads can't display properly. Uh, through the digital ads because they conflict with the technology. I mean, I don't know how much you guys really want me to talk about that. That's as much as I'm willing to get into because it's just not that important, to be honest. Um, but I did think it was important enough to kind of talk about it just because I was just complaining about ads. Um, you know, it's kind of sad to see that that awesome jerseys, awesome jersey con- uh, uh, concepts are just being banned. Because, oh, well, because they, they clash with, with our advertising uh, technology. You know, it's just kind of lame to me. Um, I think that's super whack. I think it's super lame. Um, but anyways, uh, I want to get into the main part of this episode. Uh, you know, I, I'm actually going to leave the article of the Cream City jersey for anyone that wants to be like a fact checker or wants to read it for themselves. Uh, the link to the article about the jersey ban is going to be in the show notes for you guys so you guys can check it out for yourselves. Uh, But yeah, I want to move into the next part of this episode, which is the part I was talking about last episode uh, leading into that. So this is the segment where I give some I told you so's, I offer some apologies, and I also give you some hold ons, right? Now, let me let me make sure that everyone's on the same page because we have such a big listener base now from different parts of the world. 
I want to make sure that everyone's on the same page, right? It's going to be self-explanatory for a lot of you, but obviously, like I said, we got listeners from all over the place now, so I just want to make sure everyone is on the same page here. So, the I told you so's, obviously, that's going to be uh, the category for uh, something I've predicted that so far is looking to be true, uh, something that I said, it, whether it was uh, at the start of the season or before the season, um, obviously the hold on category is going to be, uh, if it hasn't, sh- it hasn't shown itself yet, right? I'm, I'm actually like where I'm allowed to kind of hold on to my take. It's not right. It's not wrong, right? Maybe it's too soon to, to, to give that one, right? And then the last category is the apology category, uh, where I was wrong and I basically, send out an apology to whatever take it was that I gave. Um, obviously, it's still super early in the season. I actually wanted to wait until like the midway point, um, but I guess I can do that again uh, down the line, like through the halfway point of the season uh, where we have a bigger sample size. And so, yeah, so let's get right into this part. Um, I want to start with some of the I told you so's because I told you so. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, let's get right into that. So first I told you so's, uh, or first I told you so, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves trade, right? Now, I was partially correct about this one in the sense that I said this was an awful trade from the day that it happened, right? The very day it happened, I said it was awful. I talked about it on a very early podcast that was very specifically put out to talk about the Rudy Gobert trade. I think the podcast is called Rudy Gobert Trade or something like that, Um You can go back and listen to that one. Uh, But let me revisit my take, right? So I was wrong when I said that it would be a good regular season move, um, but that it would prove to be awful in the playoffs, right? That was my take uh, in that pod. So uh, while I was wrong about, you know, I talked about those problems on the pod, right? But the problems are actually here sooner than I expected them to be. Right, like I told you guys, the Timberwolves traded a bunch of picks and perimeter defense in exchange for a max contract rim protector, which is Rudy Gobert, right? Which was basically going to make you the Utah Jazz 2.0. That's exactly what I had said in the in that pod. Um, now I also said that in crunch time, or when they need offense or even perimeter defense. Max contract rim protector Rudy Gobert is going to be on the bench. And it's exactly what I've seen at the end of some of their games. Tight game, Rudy Gobert on the bench. And I remember texting my friend Mario, right? This was a tight game uh, not too long ago. I forget exactly which game. Um, and Mario, who's been on the pod before, uh, I was when I was watching the game live, I texted him saying, Timberwolves game, Rudy Gobert right on cue on the bench in crunch time, right? So back to the point. So you traded the present, right? Because of the the current perimeter defensive players, along with Walker Kessler, who basically is rookie Rudy Gobert, right? But actually has post moves and a ton of picks to bring back someone that has a fat contract and likely is going to be on your bench in key parts of the game. Right, so it's exactly what we've seen. The Timberwolves don't look good. There's already frustration amongst the players that we're constantly seeing all the time now. Uh, And if you're a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, you probably want people fired (laughs) for what was given up in exchange for this mess, right? I said that the Timberwolves were fine and that they didn't need to make this trade 
Just keep building around Towns and Edwards. You have a lot of picks that can either be packaged for solid role players or just draft guys, right? Other people tried telling me, no, you know, you have to make moves while the team is moving in the right direction. But I strongly disagreed with that because it's not like this Rudy Gobert trade was going to make them a contender anyway. So why give up such a massive chunk of picks and players to just be a middle-of-the-pack team, right? Um, and, you know, that's one of the I told you so's, right? Just just obviously at more ahead of schedule than I thought, you know? So I, I always thought this trade was terrible. Um, I just didn't think it was going to reflect so early in the season. I thought this was going to be something that we see in the playoffs, but wow, you know, that that is... Still early, you know, we don't know what changes can be made, but, you know, it definitely doesn't look good right now. So, uh, next I told you so, uh, this one goes out to George Paris, uh, who's a player for the Broward Legacy Program. Uh, I'm currently partnered with them. You might remember George from the pod. Uh, he was on where we had our all-time NBA draft uh, with the head coach of the program, uh, Coach Carlos. I told you LeBron can't carry teams like he used to. Right, I did tell you guys this. I told you that this is gonna give that this is giving me flashbacks from when people just blindly assumed that Kobe could carry bad teams, right? That he was finishing his career with. Now, LeBron's level of play is much higher than Kobe's at this stage of their careers. Um, but I told you that, you know, strictly regarding uh on that pod, that LeBron doesn't have a choice when it comes to how bad of a season this can be. You know, because the roster's awful, and LeBron can't carry mediocre rosters like he used to. You know, this is father time in a nutshell, guys. LeBron has been in and out of lineups more than ever before, and it's not random. This isn't a coincidence. You know, this is age, okay? Age, finally creeping up on LeBron, and while LeBron is still averaging great numbers and putting up crazy numbers for a guy his age, the ability to carry mediocre rosters just isn't there anymore, right? especially when he's in and out of lineups because of, you know, little nagging injuries, right? Um, another I told you so here, my last one for the episode, when I did my reasons to watch each team, I told you guys that I just felt like the Warriors would take a step back from last season, and I wasn't too confident about that, uh, you know, to start the season, but as of right now, they definitely don't look like the team they were a year ago, right? Now, it's still early, but this is a tight playoff race for both conferences, which makes a slow start to your season a red flag. You know, it really does. Um, but the Warriors have turned seasons around before, right? So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're not going to be a playoff team or anything crazy like that. Uh, this isn't I told you so. That's more about just me feeling like this team was going to take a step back. And it really looks that way right now, um, but still a lot remaining in the season. So let's get into these apologies, right? So I have some listeners in Portland, funny enough, right? So why don't I start with the Portland Trailblazers? Uh, if you guys remember, I was not a fan of how the system was looking under Chauncey Billups. Now, I did talk about how they finally got some two-way players alongside Damian Lillard, right, to really make his job easier. I did talk about that, right, that these moves were good, but, you know, I, they looked awful in preseason, which I know, I know it, you should not take preseason into account, uh, but I don't know, I, I was just, I don't know, man, I don't know, I was wrong, I apologize, all right, that, that's a solid apology, forgive me, Portland Trailblazer fans, listeners in Portland, 
Uh, you know, I love Damian Lillard. Just got to say this. Uh, I have three pairs of his shoes. Okay. So it's, it's not, it has nothing to do with Damian Lillard. Love Damian Lillard. It was more so just, I just didn't believe in the system. Obviously, Chauncey Billups came into this franchise with the idea of we got to get the ball out of Damian Lillard's hands uh, to just to minimize his use, right? Not necessarily that he's a problem, but just, you know, to, to, to ease the load on Damian Lillard and make the whole team a threat, right? He also wanted two-way players, and he's got two-way players. But I still disagree with some of the defensive schemes, like um, he would have... Uh, Nurkic blitz, right? Like they would try to double uh, really high out there on the perimeter, whereas Nurkic is more of a drop coverage center, right? And I will still have those questions as the season goes along. You know, so, so far so good. Uh, do I think they're going to be a number one seed in the West? Hell no. Okay, I definitely think that they're going to they're gonna slip a little. Uh, they haven't played. They've played... You know, they've played a couple of good teams, but they've also had a pretty decent schedule, right? Like, like they played the Kings early in the season. Uh, they played a struggling Miami Heat early in the season. They played the Spurs. They played the Rockets. Um, you know, they've had their share of losses against good teams. You know, they've lost to the Mavs. Uh, they've lost to the Suns. They've also beaten the Suns, you know. Um, but, you know, uh, lost to, to the Heat as well. You know, uh, just kind of like like a back and forth. Um, but, you know, not to get too in-depth about that because this is more so just, you know, sticking to the script. Uh, I definitely apologize. Uh, that's one of the apologies. Uh, Portland Trailblazers definitely got that start to the season wrong. Um, and I definitely got the projection wrong, most likely, because this team looks a lot better than I was going to give it credit for. So, yeah, that's one of the apologies. Um, I'm definitely gonna apologize about the Brooklyn Nets prediction. Um, <laughs> we did the over-unders, uh, Gus and I for the Eastern Conference, and I basically, I don't know if I convinced Gus, um, because I feel like Gus was a little more reluctant than I was <laughs> about picking the, the, the Brooklyn Nets over, um, as in they would win more games. Um, so, but then we both ended up agreeing, <laughs> on thinking that they were going to crack 50 wins. It doesn't look like that's going to happen with the Nets. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, I definitely apologize. Now, I did I did give that disclaimer, I guess, right? Like, like, hey, you know, this season could also go south. So it wasn't like I was blindly saying, yeah, you know, uh, let's go Nets, you know, nothing to worry about or anything like that. I had my reservations, right? I had my concerns, uh, but obviously I want to apologize because I really thought that this team was going to be much better, uh, than what we're seeing, <laughs> you know, um, I, I don't know, you know, definitely that's one that I was not going to let slip through the cracks. I was definitely wrong about that one. Uh, another one of the apologies, I definitely want to apologize about my Laker take. Uh, they were worse than I thought they were going to be. And I already thought they weren't going to be good. Um, but I think I predicted them to be like a six seed. Um, you know, we don't know what trades are going to happen. So obviously that could quickly change. Um, certainly if they trade and improve the roster, uh, you know where I stand. I still don't think it makes them better than the top teams in the East or the West. Um, but it it would solidify playoff uh, seeding. I think so. That's just me. 
you know, you get some shooting on this team, you get some some additional defense on this team, um, you know, you, you resolve some of those problems, and you're giving LeBron a little more firepower uh, to work with, right? You're giving Anthony Davis a little more help to work with, a little less responsibility, um, which could in turn just, you know, kind of propel their season, right? Just get a lot more wins, because this is just awful, what we're seeing. I thought the Lakers were not going to be good, but I did not think they were going to be this bad right? Um, the shooting was always a concern. Uh, that wasn't even a doubt, but yes, I definitely want to apologize. That's my apology. I thought that a healthy LeBron and a healthy Anthony Davis, uh, obviously LeBron's been in and out of lineups, but for the most part, I mean, you know, uh, definitely uh, not a good take by me thinking that this roster would be a six seed. I am quickly running away from that take. Um, definitely apologize about that one. Um, some takes that I want to hold off on, right? Like some that, that, you know, not, you know, I don't know yet, right? What's going to happen. So I said, I took the Indiana Pacers as a surprise team that was going to win more games than last season, uh, more games than Vegas was saying that they were going to win. Uh, the over under for the Pacers was, I believe it was 23 and a half games. So basically they would have to win more than, more than, uh, basically they'd have to win 24 games. Uh, games, right? And I think they have seven wins right now. Uh, it's early in the season. Uh, so obviously that falls under my hold hold on, right, to that take uh, because, you know, they could just fall, right? But I think that uh, that's going to be my hold on, right? Because I can't say I told you so because it's way too early. Um, and I also can't apologize for it because so far it's looking good. Uh, so, the, so my Pacers overpick as a surprise pick for more wins than people thought is looking pretty good. Um, definitely um, one thing that I also want to hold on. <laughs> I'm not wrong yet, um, but I'm quickly, I think I'm going to be wrong about this one. Um, I'm pretty sure that I picked uh, the Rockets over in the over-under bets, and the Rockets are awful, and they are like the worst team in the NBA right now. Um, so... I'm going to put that in the hold on <laughs> with hopes that like that they somehow improve. Uh, you know, I don't know, something happens and, and they just something just clicks. Right. And then they just they just start to win some games. But man, that holy I mean, I'm holding on for dear life with that take. So that's a hold on. I want to now that I actually remember uh, a big one that I I think everyone had the same take. Um, and people are swapping, but I am going to stay, right? This is a hold on for me. So Utah Jazz, right? I told you guys from the beginning, just like everyone else was saying, you know, this team's going to be bad, team's going to tank, uh, you know, whatever. Obviously, the start to the season was crazy. Um, you know, everyone was hyped. Everyone was thinking, whoa, like what's going on? Um, you know, are they actually tanking for Victor Wembenyama? Are they going to go the other route and just try to build around the young core? A lot of questions about the Utah Jazz team. I tried telling you guys, and I'm sticking to this, right? And it's starting to look my way. Um, I did tell you guys, young teams uh, that people don't expect much of, they start the season hot sometimes, right? Not all the time, because clearly the Rockets are not here uh, in this category. The Magic have been awful, um, you know, so that those teams did not follow that uh, that recipe, right? Or that formula. So usually the young teams, like I've said before, but I'm just going to repeat myself for some people that haven't heard the prior pods. Usually young teams, they come into the season in better shape than the veteran teams. 
They get a they get a few wins. Maybe like the first 10, 10 to fifteen games, they they um you know they look good. People start to get excited. People get hyped. They think that this is going to be a rising team, and then the veteran teams catch up. They get back into playing shape, and the seeding goes the way that was expected from the beginning. So that's something that we're starting to see. The Jazz started off super hot. Um, now they're six and four from their last ten games, and they are on a three-game losing streak. Right? Um, you know, I am holding on to my take because. Uh, we're at 16 games so far for them, and it's starting to kind of shift that way, right? Um, it's they're starting. The losses are, are 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 slowly slowly piling up, right? And I think that as the season progresses, we're just gonna see the Jazz at the bottom again, right? I that it's crazy how how that can be a hot take now, because the general consensus was that the Jazz were gonna suck. Right um, now, I did talk about this team being a prove it roster, right? Just a bunch of guys that were thrown away or guys that were forgotten, like Mike Conley, uh, Larry Markinen, um, obviously Colin Sexton, um, you know, and then um, obviously uh, Jordan Clarkson, you know, uh, one of those guys that's kind of forgotten. Um, just a just a group of guys that you know that just that just have to, they're they're just proving it right proving their value uh proving that that they can definitely uh be solid players in the NBA um or you know prove to be players that teams shouldn't have traded now obviously the Cavs are struggling at the moment but you make that trade 9 times out of 10 right um uh, but look at Larry Markkinen you know he looks really good Colin Sexton uh obviously Jordan Clarkson hasn't skipped a beat you know, uh, just things like that, right? Walker Kessler, um, good name, obviously, uh, probably has a high potential. I liked him a lot at Auburn. He was Jabari Smith Jr.'s teammate. Um, he's very similar to Rudy Gobert, lanky guy, tall player, um, you know, was a shot blocker, has his post moves, um, just really, really similar to Rudy Gobert. But my take remains the same, and this is in my hold on, right? Because I still remain... Uh, two feet on the ground, right? I'm, I'm very, very stuck to this take. The Jazz are eventually going to suck. Just give it time, okay? And it will be the first apology I make midway through the season if they prove me wrong, right? Um, but yeah, uh, also, um, actually, I want to put one back into the apology box, right? This is my last one for this episode before I end the episode. Uh, obviously, I was completely wrong about the Boston Celtics. I thought they were going to take a step back. I thought that starting the season without Robert Williams, going through the Ime Udoka situation, uh, obviously a change of coach, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, uh, all those things factored in, right? So um, I was really thinking, I still thought the Celtics were going to be good, obviously. They still have their good young core. Um, but I thought that they would start off slow, which would then impact the total wins for the season. Well, it turns out these guys are 12 and three. They're on an eight game winning streak. They're nine and one out of the last 10 games. Um, you know, so I mean, they look awesome. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown look amazing. Uh, Jason Tatum looks like he's reached another level in his game, which is the level that I thought, uh, he was going to get to last year. Right, so I guess I was a year off from what I thought I was going to see from Tatum, and Tatum was still really good last year, but clearly there were some holes in his game 
when the when the game went to half court offense, right? Just really turning the ball over, not knowing how to operate when the game slows down. Um, but this is a different Tatum. He's attacking. He's stronger. He's built a lot of muscle. He looks way better. Jalen Brown looks good. The team looks great. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, obviously, there was no question about him. Everyone is on board, not just me. Everyone knew Malcolm Brogdon would be a good addition to this team. And uh, yeah, and they don't even have Robert Williams. You put Robert Williams here, this team is obviously just right where they left off. Maybe even better. Um, And Joe Masula looking really good. Now, I did say this too. Uh, Joe Masula, if he does a great job with these Celtics, gets to the finals... You gotta think they're gonna—they're just gonna let uh, Ime Udoka go, right? I mean, why go back to that when clearly the team is still showing that it hasn't skipped a beat even without Robert Williams? So you know that's uh, that's gonna do it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, obviously, talking about the jersey ban uh, with those jerseys, the the Cream City jerseys from the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, my my, I told you so's. The hold on takes and the apologies. Um, there's gonna be some more breakdowns coming soon. Uh, next week is gonna be a very busy week, obviously because of. Uh, my birthday is next week. It lands on Thanksgiving. Actually, I'm also going to go out of town with my fiance. We're taking our dog as well. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be away for about four days or so. Um, so, you know, I'm going to try to, to get some pre-recorded uh, pods, uh, as fast as I can. So I can try to schedule those to come out around the time that I won't be here. Um, I'm going to do my best to do that. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank everybody that's been listening, new listeners, old listeners, everyone combined. Thank you to everybody. This is the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.